Welcome into Throwing Bones, the Inside Nebraska Recruiting Podcast. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Recruiting Analyst Nate Klaus on this podcast today. It's, it's our first one, the, the first recruiting podcast uh, of the season of us all kind of all being together. Nate, let's kick it off this way. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. Happy to be here and uh, nice to get Always nice to get that first one in the books for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like it's always it's funny because you do these things where you talk all the time and you're always thinking about this stuff. But then the very first time that you got to put the podcast together, uh, it's always, it's a little nerve wracking, but not once once you get rolling. Um, so I, I'm excited for us to get going with this here and kind of see where where kind of things go. It's been a it's, we were talking about this a little bit before the pod started. Is that it, it was such a fast and furious summer uh, for Nebraska recruit that we really haven't gotten like that crush of information here to start the season that you would normally have, you know, home opener coming up, like information is usually flying all over the place. We just have not had that this summer. Has that been kind of weird for you to observe? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, it's been, it is, I think the whole cycle has been kind of unique where, um, you know, people were kind of getting nervous heading into the summer. Uh, because, you know, hey, what, what's going on with the class? You know, how many, you know, when are the commits really going to start going? And then all of a sudden it just blew up in, you know, June um, and then early July. Um, and they got to the point where, you know, it's I, I think, you know, with the size that this class is going to be, um, it's it shouldn't be a complete shock, but it's different that we're not hearing about a ton of visitors for the home opener and, um, you know, just a ton of information in general, I think right. with where the class is at and the work that they've been able to do to get ahead uh, is kind of, you know, put us in a little bit of a unique situation um, that maybe we really haven't seen under Frost so far since he's been in Nebraska. Yeah, we've definitely seen the the deal where they've made the kind of the big push at the end of a cycle. Um, a couple of years ago, remember when they had that huge run um, towards the end of the recruiting class? That's happened. And that's happened a couple of times under Frost. But yeah, you're right. The early work, um, we have not quite seen that. And right now with the 2023 class, Nebraska sits at 14 commitments right now. Um, with Cam Linhart from IMG being the latest one. So let's go here first, Nate. I guess who, which guy, if, if you've got to pick one guy, and I say, Nate, who's your favorite guy in this class right now? Who, who you got? Well, I mean, it's hard for me. It's hard not to, to really like Amaria Miller uh, for a multitude of reasons. Obviously, you know, he's 6'2", 200, can run. Um, you know, he's just a playmaker. Uh, was kind of handpicked by Mickey Joseph, you know, former LSU commit. There's just uh, there's an awful lot to like about him, um, you know, and how he could potentially fit into this offense, especially with what we saw after the first game uh, with, you know, Mark Whipple kind of yeah. airing it out there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to like about Amaria Miller and, and his future at, at Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually, I'm hoping that at the end of September, knock on wood, fingers crossed, I'm hoping to get down there to, to Louisiana um, and see him play in person. And I'm with you that it would be, it, I'm really looking forward to that if I could pull that off um, because there is a lot to like there. And the, the fact, the thing that you mentioned is really interesting to me is that him being a handpicked guy by Mickey Joseph, I feel like he's, Mickey is still in that realm with being his time at Nebraska, where when he handpicks a guy, you're like, okay, th this must be a dude because he's got some high stakes standards on the types of players that he really wants to go after exactly I mean he's he's got the track record right he's 
he's developed some of the best of the best. Um, and, and we've all kind of seen how that's transpired. So uh, it's easy to get kind of excited when you go, okay, well, Mickey knows what he's looking for. Um, is very familiar with, with LSU, uh, wanted Omaria Miller there. And uh, you know, now he's, now he's going to Nebraska. So uh, that's, to me, that's, that's a facet of that entire recruitment or maybe, you know, of this class as a whole that, that is pretty unique and uh, intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the guy that that I really like in this class or like the best in this class, and it's tough because there, there are a few guys I think that could fit this bill. So narrowing down to one is difficult. But my default answer here has been someone that I feel like it gets forgotten a little bit in this class. Um, and that's Creighton Prep offensive lineman Sam Sledge. Like, I feel like to me, that there are a number of things about Sledge. He's about 6'4", 270, 280. Um, now he's got really quick feet. I've seen him, you know, plenty of times here in person, just being out in Creighton Prep. I saw a season opener in person. Um, was also out there at Creighton Prep for a practice this summer where he told me something that, I, that it just kind of stuck with me. Is Nebraska basically has him pegged at being a center when he gets to Nebraska. He plays tackle because every offensive lineman that's good, um, <laughs> it seems like, plays tackle uh, for their high school. But he's going to transition to center. And he told me that he's really looking forward to that. He thinks that that is his actual best long-term position. And he's always wanted to be able to play that. But he knows that, you know, as the guy on that offensive line, it's a really good offensive line, probably the best one in the state at Creighton Prep, that he's needed to play tackle. Um, and I think that just his physical tools mixed with kind of being, you know, a former player's son, having he's got that mean streak you can't go too long without talking about kind of how physically he plays and kind of with with an edge that he plays with um i i really think there's a lot to like about sam sledge and he's a guy that i i'm just fascinated to see how his future unfolds yeah no doubt i i i would agree with you that he's pretty uh intriguing prospect and anytime you've got a guy that wants to play center that is mm -hmm. looking forward to being the center um you know and, and kind of maybe being that the quarterback of the offensive line, so to speak, um, that has a pedigree where his dad played it, you know, college football played at Nebraska. Um, I like the fact that he's a wrestler too. Uh, right. So, you know, he's a, he's a hard nosed guy uh, that is not afraid to work hard um, and is, has got that kind of that mental toughness, that mental discipline too, that, uh, that you'd love to see out of someone who's going to play center. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think that he's a kid too, that, you know, it, because he is, he, I think it's a little bit overlooked just in the class, like I mentioned, but also kind of in the state with where we are with kind of, when you look around at some of the talent that's in the state and it's, listen, it's another great year um, for talent in the state of Nebraska. It's, it's going to be another good one um, in 2024 as well. I just feel like he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Plus that tends to happen with offensive linemen anyway, you know, skill guys kind of tend to get all the glory and then the offensive linemen get kind of pushed to the wayside uh but i think that'll add an additional chip on his shoulder as if he needs that yeah absolutely I, and i i do think that um you know when you're talking about the malachi coleman's and um you know even the the gatulas and noonan's and i mean i i think you could make a case that maybe benjamin bramer is a little overlooked too or, or maybe yeah. gets uh, forgotten about or not talked about enough, but totally yeah, the, the in-state crop of talent um, when you throw in Sledge and, and everybody else, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty nice group of guys right there. Yeah. It ended up being a, a situation where the, I think that this is one of the 
rare years in the in the time I've been covering um, Nebraska recruiting, where there are so many in-state scholarship worthy guys that it just wasn't going to be possible for Nebraska to take them all. Like we really like we I, we have rarely seen that situation, and I know that Nebraska fans listening want to take all of them um, and keep those kids home because you just hate to see the one that leaves. You know, Biddy and Goy goes out to Iowa State and ends up being an All Big Twelve type of player. That's going to sting, right? But I, it's it's really tough this year in particular to take all those kids. You've also got some position overlap there, um, and it lines up with some of the strengths of Nebraska's recruiting staff as well. It's, there's just a lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, there's so many years over the last, you know, 20, 20 plus years where you maybe had one kind of no-brainer, you know, Nebraska offer guy, early offer player, um, and then you had to really – like examine the film and examine, you know, project, how's this guy going to, how's it going to grow and develop once it gets in the program? Um, you know, and, and then you flip the script to <laughs> the past few years, really. Yeah. Continue uh, to grow where, and grow. Yeah. I mean that, that the, the number of no brainer offers is, um, you know, kind of to the point where you have to be a little bit more selective. You can't, you can't take them all, um, especially with some of the position overlap. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't envy Nebraska when, when uh, there's so many really, really good players because that that makes some, you know, for some difficult conversations uh, in the recruiting office and and between coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the things, too, that, that is also difficult about what's happening right now, and we've been asked this a ton, Nebraska took a loss in that first game against Northwestern. So I wanna, I'll want i throw it to you on this. What, what do you think the impact is in the short term of that on what's happening with their recruiting, given where they are right now with the class? Well, you know, you can't sugarcoat it. I mean, that's it. That was recruiting wise. That was probably the worst thing that that could have happened because, um, you know, negative recruiting is very real, um, you know, and I think that the way that transpired, the way the past few years have gone, um, you know, it, it doesn't take much for certain you know, other coaches or, you know, especially fan bases, whether you're, you know, they're being loud on social media or whatever, or even your own fan base being. Yeah, that's that's media. an underrated part of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's uh, that's something that that hurts, and that you're kind of you're kind of trying to swim against the current there uh, with some of that. So um, that hurts, uh, and then you know, losing that game, I don't know, you know, with some guys that maybe weren't completely bought in that were kind of wanting to see, okay, where's this heading? Um, you know, obviously it wasn't a terrible loss uh, in the in the you know the the box score, I guess, um, you know, it's not like they got run out of the run out of Dublin or anything like right. that, but at the same time, you know, does it plant any doubt with where the program's heading under Scott Frost? Um, you know, does it make anybody kind of pump the brakes and say, well, you know, I know they've got a limited amount of space left. Um, you know, do, do I want to, to use, one of my, you know, remaining official visits to go there, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but I mean, the bottom line is that it was, you know, obviously not ideal the way that that played out. Um, now you come out and you, you have a chance to, to kind of change the narrative a little bit uh, this weekend mm -hmm. uh, with a, with a home game and, and, you know, over the next couple of weeks heading into a big matchup with Oklahoma. So uh, the opportunity is still there for it to not, 
kill you and kill any momentum that you had. But again, a little uh, less than less than ideal there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that that, you know, that wait and see approach that a, a number of prospects have to be taking because you're not, there, there can only be so many guys that Nebraska is really heavily in on right now because spots are so limited. Right. And so if those guys are higher value targets and those are big, higher rated players they're going to be taking a wait and see approach to say, okay, well now, whereas we maybe thought, Hey, you guys have told us all off season, how it's going to be different this year. And then you go out there and lose in Dublin. Now we all have as, as prospects and have to rightfully so probably take a step back and say, okay, let's see what happens the next two weeks. And then we'll talk again around the Oklahoma game. I expect that one to be a really big visit weekend. Like if Nebraska, you know, for all intents and purposes, they should be two and one when they head into that Oklahoma game. And then we'll see what kind of happens there. And then there should be a pretty big visit weekend for you to have, you know, what really will be a huge opportunity to say, hey, we have corrected the things that happened and went wrong at, at, against Northwestern and Dublin. And we really are going in the direction that we thought we were. That'll be a huge opportunity. But before we get to that opportunity, Nebraska does have a home game this weekend. Uh, the home opener coming up this weekend against North Dakota. Um, 2.30 kickoff, which, which makes it a pretty good one um, to get guys in it can have some challenges depending on where guys are coming from but it is a smaller visit list this weekend and even though it's a home opener I'm not completely shocked that we're looking at a situation where there are no there are no official visits um, on the docket for this weekend um, you got a, a handful of your local commitments coming in and I'll kind of run through them here because uh, you have Maverick Noonan who's coming in for an unofficial Sam Sledge we talked about Gunnar Katula and then Jaden Doss the wide receiver out of Missouri uh, who I'll actually be in in the Kansas City area this coming weekend uh, next weekend uh, to see him play in person which I'm pumped about but then you're two kind of uncovered committed uh, priority key targets um, are two junior college players. You have two defensive linemen from Iowa Western Community College that are coming in. Ontario Thompson, who on this very YouTube page, we've got a, a visit preview with him. I spoke with him a couple of nights ago to kind of talk about what he's excited about to see um, with this visit. And then his uh, teammate, uh, Quintrell, Jamison, Travis, uh, both guys, big 6'4", 260, 280-pound guys um, that are athletic and on that Reaver defensive line, which is always pumping out, it seems like division one prospects so i guess i want to start with those guys nate i guess what what did you think about um kind of the list that's been put together so far and were you surprised i guess that there were no official visits for this weekend yeah not totally surprised uh to be honest with you you look at the commitment list where it's at how many you know how much more space is left the large majority of the commits you know have already taken their their official visits they right. they took a lot of those guys took them in the summertime and uh which ultimately you know, led to their commitment. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't totally shocked, especially with that marquee matchup coming in a few weeks against yeah. Oklahoma, where, you know, if you're, if you got one shot to impress somebody, um, you know, that's going to be an atmosphere where you, the, the recruits really, really feel what it's like on a game day at Memorial Stadium. Not to say that the home opener isn't always, you know, a great atmosphere or any other game for that matter. But um, if you're going to, if you got one shot to really impress some of these guys, I, I think that's the weekend that you, you kind of bank on uh, rather than, than the opening weekend here uh, with North Dakota. So in that regard, it wasn't really a shock. Um, you know, that two thirty kickoff does allow for a lot of the local, you know, kind of surrounding 
state border state recruits to make it in. It's always nice to have a handful of commitments mingling in with, uh, you know, with the other visitors. And like you said, the, the two, uh, the two guys from Iowa Western, the two ju junior college defensive linemen, that's, that's probably, you know, where the focus is, is going to be um, where the new, the big news where you, we're going to want to know exactly how that visit went. If, oh, yeah. if there's going to be an official coming down the road for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that, you know, that a lot of sometimes you don't have a situation where kids they're coming in for visits, like directly tied to the needs of the program that you could see immediately. Um, because you've got to do a lot of forecasting, right, with who's coming in and, and where you need to be down the road. But in this case, there is no mystery, right? Like, we know <laughs> that Nebraska's defensive line has been an issue. Um, it, it showed itself to be a bit of an issue during uh, the Northwestern game. And it's not really going away. So I think that the the strategy to get those guys in here early for unofficial visits um, where you still because and because they're so close, you could have them come in for the unofficial. You don't have to use the official right away. And for that, I thought it was pretty smart because maybe you do bring them back for the Oklahoma game um, or, or it gets a little tricky, too, with junior college where they play so many games on Saturday um, that that becomes an issue as well. Uh, but you can find another date that those guys can come in. Um, but you can see that it really has a strong correlation with what's happening with the current team. And I also like that Nebraska is looking at the junior college route and exhausting that option before immediately thinking, let's go to the portal. I, I kind of like that as well. Yeah. You, well, I mean, you can't, you and I both know you can't, you know, live, live on the portal. You can't live on junior college guys either, right. but I, I do love the fact that they are targeting players at Iowa Western, which Absolutely. is right down the road, very early on, um, getting getting those offers out there uh, to these guys before, you know, before everybody uh, kind of follows suit uh, or before they really, really blow up and, and getting them on campus. Like, like you said, depending on their schedule, you know, there's limited opportunities for them to, to make any visits, right. um, regardless of if that's, you know, an hour down the road in Lincoln or not. So uh, the, the ability to, to get those guys on campus, um, you know, and, and maybe, maybe see Devin Drew um, or, you know, see somebody else from Iowa Western doing something right. on the field or, or getting some playing time or whatever, um, you know, is, is a big deal. Uh, I think that you got a position of need, you got those guys on campus, uh, and, and it should lead to, you know, another visit down the road, I would think. But uh, there's no doubt that both those guys <laughs> could could help Nebraska and would look pretty good on, on the commitment list uh, at some point in time. Absolutely. You need to, you just need to continue to build up that rotation of defensive linemen. If you're Nebraska, like I think if, if, if that first game taught us anything um, it's that having that rotation, that six, seven deep guy amount of guys on that defensive line is paramount. And we're going to see that as we continue to push into the season, that that's going to be more and more important as guys get even more worn down, guys start to get dinged up and all of that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to like about what those guys can bring to the table and that Nebraska's going after after them and we'll you know catch up with those guys after their visits as well uh, to see how those went uh, but that's going to do it for our first uh, throwing bones inside Nebraska recruiting podcast uh, so Nate thank you very much man for hopping on um, it, it's been a blast I can't wait to do it again next week absolutely thanks for having me Greg we'll see you after this weekend